Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and this is episode number 299. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Art of Living series, our guest today is Jack Miles. Jack Miles is a distinguished professor emeritus of English and Religious Studies at the University of California, Irvine, and senior fellow for Religion and International Affairs with the Pacific Council on International Policy. He is the winner of the 1996 Pulitzer Prize for his book, God, a Biography, and a recipient of Guggenheim and MacArthur Fellowships. Jack Miles' newest book is titled, God in the Koran. Today on the Not Old Better Show, we'll be talking with Jack Miles about the Muslim faith, Allah, Islam, and we'll try to answer questions in a way for Muslims and non-Muslims alike to better understand and interpret the beliefs of a people and the deity whom they worship. Familiar to our Not Old Better Show audience will be the theme of understanding, why it's important to understand other religions, perhaps even reading other scriptures and seeing their point of view. Well. I think it's a great strength in our country that we can all read each other's scriptures and we can all talk freely about them without let or hindrance. It has been a great boon uh, to me as a, as a Christian that Jews have been lately reading and writing at length and with great candor and insight uh, about uh, the Christian Bible, the New Testament Um, And I'm hoping that uh, a similar sense of security uh, can uh, exist among Muslims as someone who is not a Muslim writes about uh, their Koran and that they may feel free in a similar way to read and talk about the scriptures of the Christians and Jews. That, of course, is our guest today, Jack Miles, author of the new book, God in the Koran and who will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates series titled Finding Allah in the Quran, Wednesday, December 12, 2018, at the Ripley Center in Washington, D.C. Please join me in welcoming via internet phone to the Not Old Better Show, Jack Miles. Jack Miles, welcome to the program. Pleasure to be here. I think this is just such a, an important subject for our time. Uh, it's a fascinating subject to me. I, I, I'm really... Uh, I'm very interested in in this subject. I know my audience will be, but I wonder if you'd tell us briefly about your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation. Well, I am the uh, author of a just-published book entitled God in the Quran, and this is, in a way, a sequel to two books that I wrote earlier. One was called God, a Biography, uh, and that was about, we might say, the God of the Jews, and then Christ, a crisis in the life of God, God incarnate, the God of the Christians. And this is a, a book that does the same thing for uh, God as seen in the scriptures of the Muslims, which is to say uh, in the Quran. That's the, the core of it. And the, the approach that I take is a very modest one, which will make the, make the work easy of approach for non-Muslims, for Christians and Jews especially, and that is that I, I take iconic uh, figures from their scriptures, from the Christian and Jewish uh, scriptures, and look at how uh, these uh, figures are treated in the Quran and just uh, see the differences for, for the interest that that, uh, that that has, and it turns out to be pretty considerable. 
I think it is considerable. And, and as I say, it's important. I think it's important in these times. I, I am a religious person, but I don't know who Allah is, and I don't know what makes him unique. And, and I certainly don't know what he asks of those who submit to his teachings. I wonder if you'd walk me through some of that. Allah is the Arabic name for God, but uh, when he speaks, and and the Quran, as to its literary genre, is is oratory. It is the spoken word from the beginning to the end, and the speaker is God, Allah, speaking through the archangel Gabriel. Uh, and in most regards, he's a pretty uh, familiar figure to those of us who know God, uh, let's say, from uh, the Old Testament or to use the Hebrew word, the Tanakh. He's the creator of the world. He is the one who gives a moral code uh, to human beings, who rewards them uh, for virtue and punishes them for vice, uh, who insists that he is the only God and must be worshipped uh, uniquely, but who also um, uh, forgives uh, sinners when they uh, repent. If I ask um, then how Allah differs from Yahweh, the God of the Old Testament, it would be in a matter uh, rather of emphasis than of substance. But uh, it's an important uh, matter of, of emphasis. He is always referred to in the Quran as compassionate and merciful. And in these incidents, uh, signature incidents from the Old Testament that fill the bulk of my book, he does uh, come off as even more uh, merciful than the God of the Jews. So, uh, for example, uh, when Adam and Eve disobey God and eat from uh, the forbidden tree in the Garden of Eden, in the Quran, they immediately repent. They say, oh, it was terrible what we did. We were so wrong. Please forgive us. Adam and Eve never repent uh, in the book of Genesis. And uh, in the Quran, as soon as they repent, he does forgive them. He does say, well, you're now going to have to uh, leave paradise. Uh, the phrase is you're going to have to go down from it because paradise is located up in heaven with God. But if you live a good life uh, at the end of your life, uh, at the last judgment, uh, when everyone will be rewarded or punished as he or she deserves, if you live a good life, you'll be back up here. So it, it all ends much more kindly and uh, gently than um, it does in the book of Genesis when they are cursed with um, mortality. They have no afterlife to look forward to. Uh, his labor is blighted. Uh, her childbirth is uh, blighted. And uh, it seems that it is going to be this way for uh, their descendants as well. There's another big difference uh, in between the two accounts, and that is that in the Quranic account, uh, the human couple are warned in advance that temptation uh, awaits them. Uh, there's a remarkable scene in which uh, the angels, and also there are angels uh, in the story, 
in the Quran, and there are no angels in the story in the Bible. These angels are told to bow down uh, and honor Adam, and they do, except for one who refuses. He is called Iblis, but later he's referred to as Satan, the more familiar name. And uh, God says, you are going to be punished in hell forever uh, for your rebellion. And he has no choice but to accept this, but he strikes a bargain with Allah. He says, may I then tempt this human creature of yours between now and the last judgment? And amazingly enough, uh, Allah says, yes, uh, you may do so. Um, The remarkable thing, though, is that Adam has been standing right there as this conversation takes place. So he already knows that he has an opponent. And uh, if that weren't enough, Allah also specifically warns him, watch out, he's going to be after you. So uh, in the Quran, then, the human being gets a warning and gets forgiveness in a way that we don't find um, in the Hebrew Bible. Many parallels. We, we have, are talking with Jack Miles, author of the book, the new book, God in the Quran. Jack Miles will be at the Smithsonian Associates program December 12, 2018. So coming up here, this is, as I say, Jack Miles, this, this is, a, I think, a compelling subject. And we, we hear the term Islamophobia. And mm-hmm. I, I wonder if you can tell us uh, how your book, God in the Quran, might help us uh, non-Muslims better understand and interpret the Islamic beliefs. Let me say, uh, first of all, that uh, Islamophobia is not confined uh, to the United States. Uh, we recently have been hearing quite a bit about the persecution by uh, the Chinese uh, state of its Uyghur Muslim uh, citizens, um, really a mass concentration camp, Maoist-era uh, uh, campaign, the likes of which uh, no Muslim community, I think, in the world is uh, facing at this moment. In our country, uh, Islamophobia uh, scarcely existed uh, before 9-11, although there were Muslims here in substantial numbers all over uh, the country. They were living peacefully uh, with their neighbors, and they would like to continue to live peacefully with their uh, non-Muslim neighbors. And your question is, how might a book like mine help? Well, I think it's a great strength in our country that we can all read each other's scriptures, and we can all talk freely about them without let or hindrance. It has been a great boon uh, to me as a, as a Christian that Jews have been lately reading and writing at length and with great candor and insight uh, about uh, the Christian Bible, the New Testament. Um, and I'm hoping that uh, a similar sense of security uh, can uh, exist among Muslims as someone who is not a Muslim writes about of their Quran, and that they may feel free in a similar way to read and talk about the scriptures of the Christians and Jews. Uh, the uh, the way I began my remarks here, you know, saying that by and large, Allah is pretty much uh, like the God that the Christians and Jews know from their own scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is a way of saying that when you get down into the details and you look at how the Quran differs from the Bible in a particular episode, you see, well, yes, there's a difference here and there's a difference there and there's a difference in the third place, but by and large, it's, it's a pretty reasonable. It's not really very shocking. Uh, in some ways, it's intriguing. Uh, and if I thought that uh, the man living next door to me, a Muslim, was reading this scripture, it wouldn't be very scary. Uh, be, uh, I wouldn't have any reason to think that he couldn't be a pal, he couldn't be a friend, uh, that I would you know, trust him the way I would trust any friend. Well, as follow-up to that, you, you write in your book, I, I found this line to be equally compelling and engaging. You, you say, we must all learn to read one another's scriptures with the same understanding and accommodating eye that we turn upon our own. Yes, now that, that, um, that's a line that, uh, that ends my foreword. Uh, the, the book has, has eight chapters named for uh, the great characters in the Bible, like Adam, like Abraham, Moses, Jesus. Uh, but it also has a foreword and an afterword. And in the foreword, I felt that I had to cage the gorilla in the room, <laughs> and that is the fear uh, that Americans have of Muslims as potential terrorists, all arising since uh, 9-11. And uh, that fear has been fed by some of our fellow Americans who have, have told us to look at the Koran, see how violent it is, and take take warning from that, that we cannot trust the Muslims among us. Well, I uh, address this by pointing out to an, pointing to an episode of extreme violence in the New Testament, another of extreme violence in the Old Testament, and as saying, do you know a Christian uh, who might say, well, that's in my Bible, but that's not my religion. I'm not uh, about to conduct myself in that way. Very easy uh, to do that. We we read passages of great violence in the Christian and Jewish scriptures without inferring that Christians or Jews are terrorists and waiting. We should be similarly candid and similarly trusting uh, with uh, the Muslims uh, among us. Again, we're speaking with Jack Miles, author of the book, God in the Koran. Last question for you, uh, Jack Miles. I-, I wonder if you can tell us, how does the God in the Koran revise uh, other scripture and and perfect it and then perfect Muslim followers? Uh, one of the most difficult uh, aspects of uh, Islamic belief or of of what God has to say in the Quran for Jews and Christians is uh, Allah's claim that the Jews and Christians have adulterated uh, or failed to preserve, whether out of negligence or malice, uh, the revelation that was given to them. Allah uh, says he is not uh, revealing to Muhammad anything new that his revelation, his truth, is unchanging, and that he gave it to Adam, he gave it to Abraham, he gave it to Moses and Jesus, uh, but the Jews and Christians have failed to preserve it, so now he is giving a corrected version uh, to um, Muhammad. 
and uh, as for how the correction is to be read, you have to look at each uh, episode in which something from the Bible occurs in the Quran uh, to know. Uh, it isn't as if Allah says, now here I'm delivering my correction, listen closely. Mm-hmm. And it isn't also as if Allah is preparing a corrected edition of the Bible. It, it's not uh, that way at all. He's delivering a new scripture, which includes reminders of what was in the earlier scriptures. And in speaking to Muhammad, he's speaking quite clearly to somebody who knows these stories already. Uh, not necessarily because he's been uh, reading the Bible, uh, either the Old Testament or the New Testament, quite possibly because these stories are just part of general knowledge uh, in the Arabia of his day. Uh, and what what Allah does then is say, remember, or he says, uh, instructing him, remind them, namely the people that uh, Muhammad will preach to, of this episode from this from let's say the story of Abraham and his idolatrous father and how Abraham smashed the idols uh, of his father uh, and in telling that uh, story or some similar story de facto uh, the earlier scripture is is uh, corrected now whether it is pr- whether it is improved, uh, I leave for each individual reader of my book or of these scriptures themselves to decide. I, I maintain neutrality and just point out that there are differences here. Uh, it's not difficult to take them as merely interesting. Uh, you don't have to regard them as heavily consequential. You don't have to regard them as an improvement. You don't have to regard them as as a deterioration either. Just have to observe them, learn from them, and in the process perhaps trust your neighbor a little more. That's a very helpful way of thinking about it. It, It's also a a beautiful way to think about it. I I like that uh, notion of of one of reminder. I think we all uh, certainly in these times need to be reminded of of teachings that are going to be of of tolerance and and, and, and this uh, presentation of yours coming up on uh, the 12th of December, it sounds like it will be all that. I just encourage my audience to uh, get engaged and uh, go check out uh, Jack Miles at the Smithsonian Associates Program, December 12th, 2018. I'm, uh, I'm going to be in conversation there with a, with a great scholar of Islam, Jane Damon McAuliffe, who is the general editor of a several-volume encyclopedia of the Quran. This is a scholar who knows much, much more uh, about the Quran uh, than I do, uh, and I'll be very interested to hear what what she has to say about my work. We'll be interested as well. Again, I, I encourage all my audience to check this out with Jack Miles. Check out the book, too, God in the Quran. We'll put up links to where you can find more information about Jack Miles, his new book, his other books as part of this uh, three-volume set, and information about tickets and other details. Thanks again, Jack Miles, for uh, joining us today. What a pleasure it's been to talk to you. A great pleasure. Thank you, Paul. Remember, Jack Miles, author of the new book, God in the Quran, will be appearing at the Smithsonian Associates presentation, Finding Allah in the Quran, December 12, 
2018, 6.45 p.m. at the Ripley Center in downtown Washington, D.C. Jack Miles' new book, God in the Koran, will be available for purchase and signing following the presentation. Thanks to Jack Miles for joining me today, and thanks to the wonderful Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. The Not Old Better Show. Talk about better. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.